Well, here I am again, folks. It's David Patrick Wilson coming to you from Wilson's Corner. After one of the worst weeks imaginable. This, this has got to go down. In, in, in my 71 years, I've, I've seen very few weeks that look anything like this. Kent State. I mean, I was at Columbia, you know. Columbia University in 68, which is a pretty horrible experience. Vietnam War cranking up right after the Tet Offensive taking over Low Library and then Jefferson Hall and shutting down the campus and ending the college year. And, but I don't remember any pandemics or assassinations, murders by police. Bobby Kennedy, you know, a Manchurian Kennedy hit by Sirhan Sirhan. God, you know, it just when you don't think it can get any worse than it's been, and you keep looking for that ray of sunshine, you ju it, it just seems to be, you know, you think you see something and it turns out to be the headlight on the next Amtrak train, you know, it's just how do you do how do you how do you know what to do with it? It's just uh, horrifying and you know it's even more horrifying is that the, the economy you know as bad as it is with unemployment at 40 million people 40 million that's 25% of our working force. And they're going to do exactly what they've done before. We've seen it before, time and time again. These companies that dump their personnel because they don't need them anymore because they were planning on automating anyway. They didn't know how they were going to let them down. They didn't want to have to deal with the unions. So rather than push them out the door that way, what they do is they just furlough them or they lay them off because of the disease for the, you know, and because everything's shut down. This is all part of some massive plan to subjugate the poor and to rid the society of the, the aged and the infirm. It's got to be. It is just... Man, it's one distraction after another. You have this COVID, you have this freaking monster in the White House. The most evil son of a bitch imaginable. This is a walking horror show. This, this man has blood in his eyes. He must drink it for breakfast like tomato juice. It's, it's horrifying that anybody can align themselves behind that until you realize, you know, that half of this planet or, you know, or almost half of this planet is consumed by evil. The lust for power and money and control. It is evil. 
money is an evil. Money is something that we all need to have in order that's the, that's the you know the the means of exchange, you know. That's the lingua franca of of the entire world. But it doesn't have to be evil. It's the love of money that makes it evil. It's those who hoard and do things to fatten their profits and fatten their pockets while they watch their brothers and sisters, their kin and their neighbors and their workers die in front of them. That is evil. That is pure, consummate evil. And I have never seen anyone in my opinion, who personifies evil more than this man. And he relishes it. He loves to hear the sound of his name ringing in his own ears, a name that I will never say. I will call him any of a, a, a of a hundred different things, but it wouldn't be that name that he holds above all names, which is in and of itself a horror. The fact that he puts it on the tops of buildings and he pastes it wherever he can and he craves that limelight and that attention. This is evil, people. And anybody out there that calls himself a Christian that aligns himself behind this monster is as evil as he is. He has no compassion for the 102,000 dead from COVID-19 soon to be 103,000 or maybe already 103,000 you know once again you know I, I've been away from this for a while because this week has been so devastating I even haven't even been able to wait to find the words to describe what's been transpiring here and we on top of it all we've been without hot water for a week and that's the other thing you know Getting people to honor their agreements, that give their word and keep their word. My God, what has gone on? What is happening in America? What is happening to pride in business? You know, we have a warranty company that promised us that we would have immediate service. Then they gave us the name of somebody. We contacted them, right? They said they couldn't get to us, but they would be more than happy to. But they couldn't get there for three days? That's immediate? No hot water. Now, and I understand, you know, I mean, listen, we're not in Yemen. We're not, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to be here in the U.S. of A. where all of these things seem to be available. I say seem to be because obviously they're not to everyone. This isn't Flint, Michigan either. You know, this is Goshen, New York. But, but the thing, and the thing is, I, you know, I can live without hot water. I'll take cold showers. I've been taking cold showers. You know, it's a it's kind of a cheap thrill, but it's also good for your body. You know, it turns out it's got some real advantages. My skin's 
you know, softer and drier. I mean, softer and moister. My uh, my hair is better. My you know, my joints feel good. So taking cold showers isn't necessarily a bad thing. I don't want to do it as a steady diet. I like that warmth from time to time. And, you know, in America, we've come to expect it. But I tell you what, with all of these things that are happening, one thing that it really makes you do is take a look at everything that's of value around you, everyone that you value around you, everyone that you hold dear to you. Or, you know, you, you reevaluate everything and take a look at how, for instance, you can cut down your your carbon footprint, you know? I mean, there's so many, so much waste. And we were very conscientious about that to begin with. But even then, you know, even now, I notice how much paper we waste, paper towels, and yeah, how much water. You know, the fact that you, that you can take, you take it for granted. You can just take a shower every day or two, two a day or whatever, and you're going to have the hot water, and you're going to have, have the soap, you're going to have all these things. But, hey, you know, this has been a real eye-opener for me, I'm sure for the a lot of the people in this country what are we going to do with it what are we going to do the first thing we have to do is we have to pull ourselves together people out there I'm, I'm you know I hope that somebody listens to this and gets the message these people that are out there rioting in the streets are playing right into this pig's hands this is what he wants because that gives him the then the, the entitles him in his piggishness Porky himself to be able to go out there and pass an edict that puts the military in the street. That puts martial law in play. And guess what happens after that, folks? I've been saying this right along. This in entire this whole event may be manufactured. He may have put his people and his his nationalist white nationalist groups out there to instigate these situations for a very specific reason. Because he needed to change the conversation away from COVID, having started something that he couldn't finish, after you know, initiating something that he couldn't control, now he needs to do something else to take us away from that and at the same time be able to fill, fulfill his, his vision of supreme leadership. A fascist, if there ever was one. It's hard to believe, you know, people, you gotta stop rioting, man. You're not getting, it's not gonna get you where you wanna go, man. I've seen this. I saw the Watson riots in 68. If, you know, there was this riots in Chicago and at the, at the convention, there was, I mean, look, man, it goes it's over and over and over and over again, and it's not getting you anything that you want. And believe me, look, you know, I, I demonstrated against the building of the gym in Morningside Heights at Columbia that started the whole thing and the anti-war movement in the Ivy League, you know. Actually, I think that Cornell got a little head start on that. I don't know. You know, but, but who's got? But we really made the statement at Columbia that, and 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 then it kind of ignited all across the the globe that year. So I've seen those, you know, the anti-war demonstrations. The, you know, I've been, to, I've lived through all of it, people. Violence does not get you where you want to go. You know, I I quit the movement, right? 
the anti-war more, war movement when when what I was working on they they wanted it they forced it into becoming the weatherman faction that's what they called it the weatherman faction because we had developed some defensive capabilities in demonstrations because prior to that anti-war demonstrations were getting slaughtered by construction workers in the streets of New York we were getting pounded into the ground we you know well, we developed some defense mechanisms to be able to deal with that. And then all of a sudden they wanted to make them offensive. And I said, hey, look, you're just talking about being another military organization. I'm not interested, man. I have never been interested in the military. God bless him. Those that serve for the purpose of protecting and defending, that's a wonderful thing, I suppose. But I've never seen it work. And God, you know, I mean, I, I have a deep respect for anybody who's, who feels they have to serve. I do not have any respect for most of those whom they are ordered to serve under. You know, this country has so many painful challenges in front of us. And it falls on the young people. And I notice that a lot of these people that are demonstrating are out there in the street that are rioting. They're young people. You know, they're very young people. But I got news for you. Those white nationalists, they're young people too. This is the world we're turning over people. They, they, you know, they, they're in desperate uh, desperation right now. They're, they're in desperate drive because they don't see a future for them. And with Fatso wanting to you know, strip Social Security and Medicare, they don't see anybody that wants to take care of them in the future either what they call entitlements. Entitlements, my ass. I paid every penny of what it is that they're paying me back. And I have to pay taxes on that. It's insane. I worked from the time I was 10 years old. I started paying into Social Security when I was 12. I get $850 a month from Social Security. I get a you know decent pension from Screen Actors Guild for the work that I did as an actor. You know, that makes up a, a big chunk of the difference and we do fine. We're doing fine. But they don't have that. They're not looking at that. They're looking at what's not going to be here. And people, we got to get rid of that pork chop at the top so that they have a possibility of a future. God bless you all. I'm out.